Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. This morning, we're starting a new series off this morning called Focus. I know we live in a time right now that there's been a lot of distractions, hasn't there? I mean, there's a lot of things with the pandemic. Then we have all the, the unrest in our country, the political environment, everything. There's a lot of things that's caused people to be distracted from the, some of the most important things in our life. And the most important thing is our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what we're going we're gonna to talk about that this morning a little bit. See, we must understand the value of knowing Christ. We need to understand the value. The Word of, Word of God lets us know in the book of Acts 17, 28, it says, It's in Him that we live and move and exist. It's in Him that we live, move, and exist. Think about that. Our life is found in Jesus Christ. It's in Him where we really find what life is really about. And, you know, Dave Howden, many of you might remember Dave. He was here. They moved to South Carolina. But he said, he made a statement one time, and the statement was, the greatest weapon the enemy uses against the church today is distractions. Distractions. And here's the thing. When we get distracted by something, that means we lose focus of something else in our life. And a lot of times with the, what's happening around us, we've lost the idea of who Christ is. And we don't value it because we're looking all around us. And church, how many know we need to get our eyes back on Jesus? We need to get our focus truly upon him because the, he's our only hope in this day and time we live in. And so we need to look, look at that. We're gonna, I'm going to look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. We're going to start down toward the end, then we're going to go back up to verse 1. But look what Paul says. This is our key verse. He said, dear brothers and sisters... I have, no, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what's ahead. He says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Father, I pray right now as we get into the Word of God that you would speak to our hearts, O oh God. And Father, you would help us and lead us, God, to speak your truth. And Father, that people will be challenged, Lord, just to, to know you, to, to have a desire to go deeper in you than ever before in their lives. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul was, he's telling the church of Philippi, he had not re, uh, obtained the things that he's going to talk about, we're going to talk about in just a few moments, but he's forgetting the things that are behind, and he's refocusing, in other words, and said, this is the thing important. And so, as we look at this this morning, the first thing I want you to see as we look at Scripture, let the Word safeguard your faith. How many know you need the Word of God in your life? Amen? Now, look what, he's, what Paul says in verse 1. He says, whatever happens, dear brother and sister, rejoice in the Lord. Think about that. Whatever happens, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. How, 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 how good do we do with just that? Real quick. He says, no matter what happens. In other words, in the bad times, the good times, whatever I'm going through, I can still praise, I can still rejoice, I can still love God, no matter what I'm facing, what I'm going through today. Because why? He's worthy of it. Amen? He's worthy of the praise. He says, whatever happens, dear brothers and sisters, rejoice. He says, I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. If you look at Paul's writing, many of his writings, they're, they're very, uh, what would I say, they're comparable to each other. He repeats a lot of things over and over to the, to the different churches. Why? Because he wanted them to be safeguarded in their faith. He didn't want them to be led astray. Paul knew that teaching the truth of God's word would help people's faith to be strong. In church, the only way you can have a strong faith is being in the word of God. 
spending time with God in prayer, worship, and in the Word, that the Word of God can grow you and help your faith to be stronger. You cannot have faith in faith. Your faith has to be in Christ Jesus, in the finished work that He has done. Amen? So he says, I do this so your faith was safeguard. He says, I never get tired of telling these things over and over again because why? He did not want them to be led astray. He wanted them to keep their focus and focus in on Christ. And the thing about knowing what God's word says and knowing the word of God, it helps you to be able to identify the counterfeits, to identify the counterfeits. How many know there is counterfeit out there? I've seen a lot of people led astray. Why? Because they did not know what the word of God said. They, they heard something that sounded spiritual, sounded religious, and they jumped on it. Next thing you know, they're led astray, and they wonder how they got there sometimes. Without the Word of God, you can be led astray very easily. Now, listen to what he says. He says this. He says, watch out for those dogs. I mean, that's a strong statement. Watch out for those dogs, those people who, are, who do evil, who, who, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. So the Judaizers was telling these people, the Gentiles, some of the Gentiles, other believers, they had gotten saved by faith and faith alone in Christ. And they're saying, no, no, you're not truly saved unless you have this physical circumcision that has to be done. The other, that proves that you're righteous. And, that, and Paul said, he calls them mutilators, he calls them dogs. That's, how many of us strong statements there? But listen, church, the, the, he wanted to ch- make sure that they knew the truth. And church, the only way you're going to be able to identify counterfeit is knowing what the Word of God says. And now, here's, here's the thing. I've, always, I've said this for many years. But if you take the uh, truth of God's Word and you add something to it, it's no longer truth. It's no longer truth. And all of us at times, I think, have tried to add certain things because of our religious upbringing. Maybe we felt like we had to do certain things. We're saved. I've got to perform this or I've got to do that. That's adding to the Word of God. It's trying to add to the finished work of Jesus Christ. How many know Jesus Christ has already done it all? Amen? He has already won the victory. And so you need to be careful. You need to be able to identify the counterfeit. You need to spend time in the Word. You need to spend time in worship. Let me, can I, I said this in the first service, I'm going to say it again. You can, you, can, uh, you can listen to all kinds of podcasts. You can listen to all kinds of things, on, uh, read books, whatever. The thing about it is, it does not substitute for the Word of God. It does not substitute. You may learn things through that, but to, if you really want to intimately know God and be able to know what truth is and be able to stand in truth, you better know what the Word of God says. Because the enemy's out there to deceive. I, you know, I've seen it happen so many times that people get led astray because they don't know what the Word says. They just assume they know it. Or they may take somebody, something at face value. You can't do it. You have you know, you got to prove everything by the Word of God. you got to prove it by the Word of God. you got to build your own faith in the Word of God. You can't build your faith on somebody else's faith. you got to build it on the Word of God. And that when you get the Word of God in you, you can, you can know what's true and you can know what's wrong. He said, there's always going to be people that try to add things onto the gospel. I remember one time there was a, a program on TV. And the, the, the idea was you can get saved by faith, but if you weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you're not really saved. Or if you're not baptized in water, you're not really saved. They were adding to what Christ has already done. And anything that tries to add to the finished work of Christ is, is off base. Off base, church. It really is. The question is, do you know enough of the Word of God to notice when something's wrong? Do you have enough of the Word of God in you that when you hear something, you say, wait wait a minute. 
Wait a minute. Listen, church. The Spirit of God lives in you. Amen? You have the Holy Spirit living in you. One of the, pro- one of the things with the Holy Spirit, he said he would lead you and guide you into all truth. And if you know the Word of God and the Holy Spirit's within you, I'm telling you what, there will be red flags go up. I remember being in a service one time in Florida, and man, there was something being said, and just all of a sudden, red flags. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. That doesn't go along with the Word of God. And you, you, you just don't stay. I, what I did, I got up and left. Because, I, I mean, it was, I was grieved in my spirit by what was going on. And sometimes you have to just be willing to walk away. But you've got to be able to identify the counterfeit. The next thing is understanding uh, value is not found in human action or efforts, but in what Christ has done. That's the value in what Christ has done. He's given us life. He's given us freedom. He's brought us into his, his kingdom. You're a child of God. Think about that. What, everything that he has done. Look at verse 3. She said, for we who worship by the Spirit of God are, ones, are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Think about what he just said there. He, he puts no confidence in himself or in human effort. It's everything that Christ has done. Look at that, that second sentence in there. He says, we rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. Paul says, my focus, my life is centered on Christ. Now, look at this. What does it mean to be circumcised? This is, a, I, I love this, uh, this scripture. It's Colossians 2.11. It makes this statement. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, not by a physical pr- uh, procedure. Christ performed a spiritual cir- circumcision, the cutting away of our sinful nature. He cut away your sinful nature. How many of you, you don't have to live by the old ways you used to live? You can live without giving in to the sinful nature because Christ has already taken that away. And there's, there's residue in your life. There's habits in your life that need, possibly need to be broken, but you don't have to surrender to that. You can walk in freedom because he says he is, he's circumcised you. He's taken away that sinful nature. See, God cut away our sinful nature. It's a spiritual circumcision, not a physical one. See, a human action is not enough. We have to depend on Christ and Christ alone. Now look at verse 4 as we move back into Philippians. He says, though I have confidence in my own efforts, if anyone could indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. So Paul's getting ready to give us his credentials of who he was. This is what he used to think was important to him. Now look at what he says. He says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. Verse 6, I was so zealous that I hastily persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. And then he says in verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. That's the second time he says because of what Christ has done. When he looked at his, before he put all his confidence in who he was. Before he got saved, he said, I'm a tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I I am a true-blooded Jew if there ever was one. He says, I I was a part of the, the Pharisees who, the strictest of the law. And he felt like he kept the law without fault. He felt like he was, he was doing everything right. But now, because of the experience that he had on the road to Damascus, where God struck him and with blindness, and all of a sudden, he had a 
transformation that takes place. He realizes none of that stuff is valuable to him anymore. The only thing that was valuable is he wanted to know Christ. He wanted to know Jesus. He wanted to have that intimacy with Christ. There was none of this other stuff. He says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Look at verse 8. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Think about it. He says, yes, everything is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. The word infinite, as I love the, the definition. It means limitless and endless in space, impossible to measure or calculate. The, think about the infinite love of God. Think about Christ and his love for you and what he's done for you. You can't measure it. There's no way you can measure it. It's huge. And we need to value what Christ has done for us. Amen? We need to value everything that Christ has done for us and love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with everything that's within us. Church, I don't know about you, but I want to go deeper with God. I want to go deeper with God. And the only way I know that I can go deeper with God is by the word of God and getting that time of intimate prayer and worship with God and allowing the word of God to penetrate into Gary's life to transform me more and more. Because how many know the word of God will transform your life? Amen. The word of God is what you have to build your life on. You've heard me say that for years now. I mean, over 23 years. It's the word and prayer, word and prayer. When you neglect the word, things get out of order. They get out of order. You know, some of the, I, I, sh I share with you the, some of the times in my life is when I, when I was not really where I needed to be. And my wife would sometimes say, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, aren't you glad for a good spouse? Amen that yells at you, straightens you out, gets their attention. Well, one of the incidents that happened in my life, and my wife's running the camera this morning up there, so she's probably... But anyway, here's the idea. I, I felt like my time was up here as the pastor, and I, and I was not in a good place, and I just felt like, you know what, I'm, I'm done here. It's time for me to go. And I, a church contacted me from Florida, and we talked and everything, and I said, okay, I gave, they gave me a date to come and preach for them, and they were going to vote on me, and I said, okay, I'll come. I get off the phone with my wife. I said, what did you do? I said, she said, why are you doing that? I said, because I just feel like, sorry. she said, she didn't feel it. She said, I don't sense anything about that. She said, I, I, don't, I don't believe that's God. I'm thinking, well, I, well I'll prove her wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that night, I went to bed. And as I went to bed, I, I just got off the phone, got on the bed. Now we're dying. I'm having this conversation. I finally go to sleep. And I, I fall asleep. All of a sudden, I see nothing but roadblocks before me. Danger, danger. No, don't. No, 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 no. And I, I couldn't sleep all night. It just kept, every time I fall asleep, I, that's what happened. I got up and the next morning, I told Diane, I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. 7.30 in the morning, I pick up the phone. I call the guy in Florida and says, hey, I'm not coming. I can't do this. Got and told him what happened. He said, Brother, stay there. Stay there. See, I, I want to know Christ in such a way that, you know, it's just church that he leads me and guides me. I want to be sensitive enough to be able to hear his voice. And, I, I want to, and I, when I read the word of God, I don't want to read it just as a book because it's not a book. It's the word of God. It's, it's, it's God revealing his heart to you. It's God revealing everything about him in the, in the word. And if you want, you want a relationship with, you've got to get into this. You've got, to, you've got to pray. You've got to worship. You've got to get the word. Not just reading it. You've got to begin to live the word. Because it will help you to not, it, he'll keep you from making the wrong decisions. See, church, 
He wanted to, us to become one with him. How many know Christ wants you to become one with him? Look what Paul said. Look what Paul writes to the Philippians in verse 8. He says, For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counted it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ. Verse 9. And become one with him. Become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. He said, I want to become one with him. Church, think about this. What was one of the last prayers that Jesus prayed? In John 17, one of the last prayers Jesus said, he wanted us to become one with him just as he and the Father were one. Church, I, want, I know I'm not there. I'm like Paul. I can't say I've, I've gotten there yet. But I want to become so much a part and, and become one with Christ to the point when people see Gary, when I walk into the room where I speak, or I, that they can see Jesus clearly. They see Jesus before they see me. I, they, that's what oneness is. That when you, can, you, can, you, you, you are like Jesus in every area of your life. Amen? And how many of the church, that's something we should all be striving for, to become more like Jesus, to be, become one with him. It, because church, that's when we lose ourselves and we really begin to find ourselves and who we really are. I want to become one with him. I don't, I don't want to wor- worship from a distance. I don't want to worship some, uh, a, a theory or a theology. I want to know him. Amen. I want to know him more. I want, him, I want to become one with him. Look at the, verse, verse, the same verse 9a. He says, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Remember, that's the way he thought he was righteous. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. See, God's way of making us right with him, with himself, is faith. It's by faith that we trust him, that we, become, we can become one with him and be made right with God. Look at verse, look at verse uh, 9b. He says, For God's ways of making us right with himself depends on faith. Faith is what makes us right with God, not our works. My, nothing that I can do in the natural can make me fa- righteous. It's everything that Jesus Christ did that makes me righteous. How many know when you got saved... The word of God says you became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It didn't say you were becoming the righteousness of God. It says you are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. You can never become more righteous than you already are. Now, you can become more sanctified. You can become more set up, getting things out of your life and cleaning your life up. But you can never become any more righteous because he's already declared you righteous. And you, we need to learn how to live and walk in the righteousness of God. You, one, one person said, the problem with a lot of people, we, we become more sin conscious, than, we're more sin conscious than we are about righteousness conscious. Isn't it true? We will dwell so much on our mistakes instead of dwelling upon what Christ has done and his righteousness. See, faith is what makes us right with God, not our works. Not our works. See, I don't want, my works are nothing. My efforts are nothing without Christ. See, I want to, he's, next thing he says, I want to experience Christ. I want to experience Christ. Look at this. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. 
I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. What was he saying? He said, all I want to do is I just want to know Jesus. I want to experience him in a greater way, in a greater measure than I have ever had before. I want Jesus more than anything. Church, is there a hunger in your heart today to just really want to know him? To, to, I mean, go deeper than ever before. Just to drill down deeper and say, God, just reveal more of your truth to me. I want to know you more. I want to experience every part of you. I want to experience your power, uh, the power that raised you from the dead. I want to experience even your death if necessary and your sufferings. I just want you. And that's what Paul was saying. All of this stuff I had, I used to be, that's nothing. Jesus, fill me. Jesus, use me. Jesus, take me. Make me one with you. That was the cry of his heart. He wanted to experience Jesus. He wanted to experience the power of God. He wanted to, he said, even his, in your suffering, think about that. In your suffering. And you know, church, sometimes we may have to go through some times of suffering. You know, we might face persecution here in America one day. But let me just say this to you. I like what Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Look at this. He says, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Now look at 1 Peter 4, 14. He says, if you are reproached or you persecuted or whatever for the name of Christ, blessed are you. Blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. Now, we know we have the Holy Spirit living in us, right? Right, church? When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you. But here's the thing. The word of God says here, when these people, when they were, when they were reproached or they were going through persecution, he said, for, it says, for the spirit of glory and God rests upon them. I really... I thought, think, I thought about this for a time, and I, I, I try to think about the people who had given their lives for Christ. People who got burned at the stake. The, the history books tell us that as they were being burned at the stakes, instead of crying out in anguish, they were worshiping God. Why, why were they able to do that? Because I believe that the Spirit of God came upon them, and they could do that. What did Stephen do when he was being stoned? He, didn't, he, he, just, he saw heaven open before him, and he just continued to worship and went right on into the presence of God. What a testimony about experiencing and knowing who Christ is. Amen? You may, you may have to face persecution, but understand. Paul said, I don't care if I have to go through all that. I just want to know him. I just want to know him. I just want to become one with him. Now look at this. He says, his resurrection. Think about it. This is his resurrection. He says, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. You know what he's saying? He said, it's going back to saying that. He's saying, I just want to know Jesus. I want to know everything about him. I want to be so engrossed with who Christ is that I'm willing to go through whatever I need to, to just to know Christ. I'm willing to give it all up. I'm willing to face persecution. I'm willing to do whatever. I just want to know Jesus. Is there that kind of desire in your heart today? This is what we're talking about, refocusing, getting our focus back upon Jesus. Not the pandemic, not the political arena, not all this stuff. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Don't, look, don't let the world distract you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Paul, 
In Paul's life, Paul had the past experience from the road to Damascus where, God conver- where his, his conversion took place. Paul had a continuous experience with Christ. He constantly wanted, he counted everything as lost that he might just gain Christ. He just wanted Christ. Paul sought a future experience with Christ. He sought to be found in Christ Jesus. He wanted, he, he wanted so much that people would see Jesus in him. You can see that in his writings. Paul sought a victorious experience with Christ. He sought to know Christ. Christ. God doesn't want you, as we said, as I said, Peter shared with me earlier, he doesn't want you just to win the battle because you're going to have to fight another battle. He wants you to walk in victory. Victory in Christ. Amen? And that's what Paul's wanted. He's wanted to, Paul sought an eternal experience. You know what he says? He sought for the resurrection from the dead. One way or another, God, I just wanted you. I just want Jesus. Is that the cry of your heart this morning? See, in the in New King James, they use the word there, by, if by all means. And then the, in the New uh, Living Translation, it uses the word one way or another. Paul says, I don't care how it is. I just want to know Jesus. I just want to know him. Paul was simply saying, all I want is Jesus. All I want is Jesus. I want him in my life. I want him to be everything I am. The question we have to answer this morning, are we totally committed are we living our lives for the day of redemption that we'll be with Christ? For that one day alone? Are we focused on Christ and Christ alone? Let me, let me ask that again to you. Are you focused on Christ and Christ alone to lead you, to guide you? Is there a desire in your heart to say, I just want to know him? I want to, I want to get back in the word. I want to, I want to get back in my time of worship and prayer. I want to know him. I want to experience him. And whatever it takes, if I have to go through persecution, if I have to go through what, troubled times, all I want to do is know Jesus. I want to become one with him. I want him more than anything in my life. Where are you at this morning? Have you lost focus of, of Christ? And I just want to just help us to turn our focus back to him this morning. So, Father, as I come before you, Lord, God, my heart this morning is I just want to know you. I want to know you. God, I don't want to know about you. I want to know you. God, there's so much more you want to reveal to your church. And, God, the only way that's going to be revealed is through your word and through our time of just spending time with you and allowing you to speak into our lives and our heart lives. So God, I just pray this morning that you'd help us to refocus, set our, set our focus and our gaze upon Jesus, that we can re, we just become more like him in all that, that we are and all that we do. Father, I ask it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, would you have your way in us today? <laughs>